With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Dive into the thrill of Sydney's Spring Carnival, where world-class horse racing, fashion, and entertainment combine. Welcome to the Sydney Set with Mick Gannon and Nick Ashman. Hello and welcome to the Sydney Stet, your one-stop shop for all your thoroughbred racing needs. It's day three of the Everest Carnival. $5.2 million of prize money up for grabs out at Ramwick this afternoon and a trio of Group 1 races. Today on the show, we've got David Perez, the champion, Taswegian jockey, and he rides the inevitable in the Group 1 Epsom Handicap. And, of course, the man that we love to talk to about all things form here in Sydney Racing. Mick Gannon, good morning. Good morning, Nick. What a day it's going to be. It is, isn't it? I'm up and about. Um, I love doing form on Epsom Handicap Day. Big, deep fields, lots of form lines, plenty to look forward to. Let's talk about what's happened although over the last 24, 48 hours, maybe over the last week. In terms of the Everest, uh, we saw Imperatries win the Moya Stakes at Mooney Valley last night. Connections coming out and almost saying definitely won't come to Sydney. Does it seem madness to you? Yeah, absolutely. They've got their group one now. Mm. I don't think her value goes up any more by winning a Manicato Stakes. Her value may go up significantly more by winning an Everest. Yeah, well, I just, I mean, if you're going to go to 1,200 metres, you'd think a $20 million race. But look, each to their own. She is flying. She loves Mooney Valley, so I can understand that. And there's a couple of group ones down there for her to go to. Still on the Everest, uh, we learnt this week that Giga Kick won't be running in the race. So too Sunshine in Paris. They both come out and obviously get it, gain in the slot. And this is the one that I quite like. And I know a few people are against him. Cylinder for Godolphin. I thought he was uh, very good in the Golden Rose. Yeah, it's an astute pickup cylinder because he was three wide in the Golden Rose. was really, really strong through the line. You're going to need to be strong in the Everest. You can sort of sit on speed there. I think it's a really good selection. But speaking of good selections and good bets, Imperatries, even though listed as doubtful with sports, but you're getting around $5 and your money will be returned. Uh, mm. It doesn't gain a slot. I, I like that. I think. Mm. Well, you'd have to think she starts close to favourite if she come, does come in the late she would. She would start $3. Are they foxing? Are they doing the Dermot world? You remember back in the 90s, Dermot said he wouldn't bring horses out unless they watered the track at uh, Flemington. Um, Lee Friedman got that done for him a few years later. David Eva as well, yeah. Um, but uh, I just feel like maybe they're saying, we're not coming, we're not coming, we're not coming. And uh, as my good mate Richo said last night, maybe they're just trying to get someone to give them an offer that they can't refuse. Well, you'd think so. And he, that he probably just wants 80%. That's all, that's yeah, all they're just after. Just a lazy 80%. Just a lazy 80%. But if they just go buy the slot, what's the slot worth? 700000 Just Oh, hang on. I'll just check what I've got in my yeah. pocket now, Mick. I don't think I've quite got Maybe enough Maybe speak there. to Hutchie. We can... I've got some antihistamines <laughs> for this bloody whatever it is that won't go away. Three, four, episode four this is, and it came about two days before we <laughs> did ep one. <laughs> we digress, but I'll tell you what. Maybe maybe Chris will sell his, sell his slot to David Ellis and away they go. The Kiwi Connection. Mm. I don't mind that from you. Uh, let's talk best bets now uh, today. We'll just give our absolute best at Randwick, please, sir. You can go first. Going to go to the last get-out stakes. We're with race 10, number Ooh, 18, like Airman. His horse was pretty good last day. And what you could call like a paid barrier trial, being wide 1,100 metres at Rose Hill, mm. was never going to be put forward into the race, but finished off very, very well. 
gets the 1,200 metres today, I think it'll get the job done at Randwick. Okay, beautiful. That's Team Hawks. I'm with Team Hawks as well. Race four, number 13, Altivo. Uh, I've got him pegged. This horse is at least a group galloper. Uh, he had a quiet run first up without much luck. I reckon he's headed for bigger races than this. And I think they need to boost his domestic handicap rating in order to get into those stakes races. The best way to do that is to win this afternoon. Mick, I've also backed one at 126 bucks, which will oh fill boy. you in a little bit later on when we get uh, stuck into our form preview. Now, as promised, we've got David Perez online. And uh, good morning, David. It's a big day for you. Yeah, good morning, guys. Yeah, g'day, David. Uh, thanks for coming on, mate. So, look, obviously coming up from Taz from Tasmania, you spent plenty of time with a horse this week. How's the horse been progressing? Yeah, no, he's going really well. Um, I'm really happy with him. We're out here at Bong Bong Farm, and uh, he seems to enjoy the, the atmosphere and uh, the track, the sort of sand base, which is what he needs for his feet. I hear that the uh, Bong Bong Farm is probably a five-and-a-half-star sort of setup down there. Can you confirm that one? <laughs> yeah, mate, it's pretty pretty smick. Um it, um, yeah, like he's, 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 he's settled in really well, but the facilities are just incredible. And um, it's, it's kind of the, the sand and stuff, the tracks are, are kind of similar to what we have at home, which is, which is ideal. But the, 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 the scenery and the stables and everything that he's, he's in is, is yeah, definitely five and a half stars for sure. Love it. And what we've seen from the inevitable in the yeah, Theo Marks and obviously the All-Star Mile, to my eye, looks to be a better horse this time in. And we're talking about an eight-year-old here. Would you share that same sentiment? Yeah, I believe so. I think uh, age has definitely helped this horse, and um, this preparation he, he feels as as good as he, good as he did after the All Star Mile, and he showed that in the Theo Marks with that blistering finish that he had. Well, I was going to ask you about that, David. Uh, he was only beaten what quarter of a length by uh, Golden Mile. It was a slowly run race. He's coming off a six week uh, you know spell coming into this preparation just one run over 1300 meters and it was a slowly run race is there any concern about his fitness up to a mile second up and what could be a testing mile um i don't believe so i think we've put the work into him to to um for him to run over the mile um it doesn't seem to be a massive amount of speed on paper um in the in the epsom so hopefully it's not run super super hard but uh I think we've, we've, we've done the miles. He's got the miles in his legs, and I think he's ready for the 1,600. You've ridden him on seven occasions. He's, he's a winner of 16 races from 31 starts, $1.7 million in prize money. You've been in the saddle on seven occasions for six wins. Your only non-winning ride was in the All-Star Mile, and you're beaten less than the length. What's the key to this bloke? Um, I think the, I think the key to him is just letting him find his feet early. He's, he's sort of a horse that jumps out the barriers, whether it be 1,100 or a mile. He jumps out the gates, he sort of gets back, he's off the bridle. But once he gets clean air, he really finishes off with that blistering finish. And like I said, you saw it in the Theo Marks. And he's done it all his starts when I've ridden him down in Hobart and um, obviously in the All-Star Mile. So you're going to jump out of the barriers today, barriers today and let him find his feet, David? Or are you going to uh, use him up a little bit to, to hold a spot given there's not a lot of speed there? What are, what are your thoughts? I'd like to. I'd probably like to be a couple of pairs closer without forcing him to be there. Um, and if, if that can happen, I think he's a, he's a really, really good chance of winning the race. And if he if he doesn't, um, I still think he's he's a real good chance. So, like I said, I, I don't like to bustle the horse and, and have him out of his comfort zone. I just like like him to be where he where he's comfortable early, and then hopefully he can finish off like he did in the CMR. And what does a big Group One Epsom uh, victory mean to David Perez if he can get the job done this afternoon? 
Yeah, mate. Well, it's, it's obviously every jockey's dream to not only ride in a Group One but win a Group One. And if I can get that uh, on my my dossier, then it's it's uh, you know it's a it's a big thrill, and I'm sure that we'll have a couple of drinks afterwards. David, uh, he's been to Randwick before. He won the Silver Eagle, believe it or not, back in 2019, or you'd be well across this. Nashville Willer was in the saddle that day. I'm keen to get the thoughts. I know he's had a stable change, but how do people? What, what's the talk behind the scenes about how he settled in this trip uh, compared to um, compared to them when he won the Silver Eagle? Yeah, look, I, I didn't have a lot of association with the horse when he was up here on, with, the, with the Silver Eagle. Um, but I've, I've spent a lot of time with him this preparation. Look, he's, he's, he's one of those horses that when he's at home, he's a bit of a turd because he's, it's like his big playground. But when he's out on different properties and stuff, he's a real professional. And he seems to have settled in really nicely um, here at Bongwong Farm. And like I said, the surroundings are incredible and it's a great atmosphere. And yeah, like, you know, if the horse is great, you know, we'll go to the races looking good. David, you're a star, mate. We wish you the best of luck today, mate. Uh, we'll be cheering for you here on the Sydney set, and I'm sure you have all of Sydney behind you, mate. I hope you go out there and dominate and uh, get the win today above the uh, aboard the inevitable. Yeah, good on you guys. Like it'll be great, great, great thing for the, the for the stables down at uh, Seven Mile Beach, and uh, hopefully we can get the job done for Tassie. Beautiful. Good on you, David. Go get him, mate. Uh, there he is, David yeah. Perez. He's a uh, he's a real star. Uh, a lot of people, maybe in in Sydney and and even uh, throughout. Mainland Australia may not be too familiar with his feats, but he's got some of the best stats of any jockey in the country. He rides primarily down in uh, obviously Tasmania, and he seems up and about, very bullish, nice and confident, which is what you you know what you want to hear from a, a jockey coming up here, riding in a big Group One race against the likes of what Joe Marrera, J Mac. I think he get the job done today, Nico. Yeah, he's right there. Um, sort of the data that I looked at said that that eight bucks might have been a bit of a luxury. I reckon he might tighten up as. Uh, as they get close to the jump time. They bet 15s earlier in the week. You wouldn't believe it. There you go. $15 was even better. So uh, he comes out of the Theo Marks. Now, uh, we've had 50 runners, uh, stats here courtesy of Form Focus, uh, 50 runners, 50 winners of the Theo Marks, which was this year Golden Mile, line up in the Epsom for six wins. The most recent one was the star mare herself, Winks, in 2015. And then you've got to go back almost a decade before that for racing to win in 2015. And six, so it hasn't been the best race for the winners to do the double, but there have been plenty of horses come out of the uh, Theo Marks and be competitive. Also coming out of that race is Waterford. He was third behind the inevitable, and um, I'm keen to get your thoughts on him as well, Mick. When we dissect the form, what I want from you initially, though, actually, what we might do is, is I'll grab the speed map off you, and I'll just check the market moves as you do that. Yeah, beautiful, mate. So Rennie will go forward there. Going global, not sure if they want to push forward this time around, but from from that barrier, I suggest they probably have to. Nugget will go forward and Golden Mile. Be a big test, 1,600 metres from the wide barrier, but they, they're going to have to push forward there. So mm. it'll be really interesting to see um, how much pressure's in the race. I'm very, uh, very happy to hear that David is leaving the option open to roll forward because I think that there might just be a little bit of a gap. If, some, if, if they decide to go back with Golden Mile, decide to go back with going global that leaves the race sort of open for something that's going to sit on speed very very interesting speed map yeah well waterford's just come out uh Ooh. come out just uh, obviously alentia came out yesterday waterford's wow, just come out this morning pericles earlier this week and also yesterday morning uh, duke oh. decessor so your favorite now for the epsom handicap this afternoon to be run at 405 p.m the inevitable we just heard from david perez Solid at 7.50. Hope in your heart. Second favourite for Kerry Parker and Craig Williams. Slight drift, 7 out to $8. Some support here for Kovalika, my boy. $9 into $8. Nugget, 12 into $8.50. Pounding, 
Jamie Carr's in town. 13 into 9.50. Democracy manifest a succulent Chinese meal. $16 into $10. Tyler Schiller. Can he get that group one for Chris Waller? Uh, Redino, don't mind this galloper. Solid around the $11 mark in from 15 earlier, but we have had some deductions. Then there's Converge, a horse you're giving a push to first up from a spell when he ran fourth, 12 out to 13. And looking down the board, some specking for Communist, 26 into $18. And outside of that, not much more I can report. There's some uh, uh, specking at different points in time for Madame Pomeroy. She's getting back out to her opening quote now. Interesting, these scratchings, isn't it? Because you've got Duke DeSess was a horse I was you know, keen on uh, following. It, it just continues to get scratched everywhere it goes. So I'm not sure if there's issues with that horse. They just haven't found the right race. They're just sick of you tipping it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Bloody yeah. and He's on it again. I'll I'm pulling it out it. until he misses it. Oh, no. And then we got Alentia and Waterford, which I thought were really, really good lightweight chances, mm. which, you know, obviously thoughts with connections there with the horse coming out, but it makes it good. I'm, I'm very happy with it because of the inevitable now just gets shorter and shorter. I just think his effort in the Theo Marks is great. I thought he probably could have won the race. Mm. I think maybe landed a pair too far back than where he could have been. Now, granted, yes, that was a it was a soft 13, but I think Miles ideal. I, I have complete faith that uh, – I know David Perez has been working with the horse, complete faith that the horse will be ready to go. He might get a slowly run race here over the mile, which would be perfect for it. Kovalika, a horse that I know you're very keen on. You're even talking Cox Plate. was pretty disappointing, I thought, first up. What do you, what do you make of it now, second up? This is, this is D-Day for this horse, his preparation. I thought his first up run was just a complete uh, no read, just forget about it. Uh, the race was run so slow. They were about uh, seven or eight lengths slower than average through that first uh, 500 or six, 700 metres. Uh, he was back. The only horse that emerged from the pack was the inevitable, who's got a very sharp turn of foot. Kovalika doesn't really have that sharp turn of foot. He's going to need the pace on this afternoon. He's been back to the trials since. He looked very good in the trials. Uh, he's two from two, second up from a spell, and he's three from three at the mile. And he's got Jay Maria in the saddle, and him and Chris are striking around 30% of late. So he's got the right stats in his favour. I think it's a bit of D-Day for him, though, as a spring four-year-old now. Yep. We'll find out whether or not they're going to pivot towards a Cox Plate after today, or do they come back and, and, and look for sort of more handicapped targets where you can get in with 54 kilos and so forth. Another interesting runner here, I'll probably get your thoughts on, is Pounding. Has some very, very strong form lines behind Mr. Brightside. Then uh, it was only 1.3 off pinstriped. It's got the weight for age form now. It comes back to a handicap. I like that sort of setup. Yeah, look, him and the inevitable were the two that uh, my sort of database that I use uh, sort of suggested were a touch over the odds. The inevitables sort of held his quote around that $8 mark in half a point, but the pounding's definitely the price has gone there. It was $13. He's now around, the, or $14 now around that 9 or $10 mark. You're right. He's very good. He's third up from a spell. He's got the Mr. Brightside form. The fee and stakes didn't rate that well. That's the race he's coming out of. Mm. But he was back to the inside on the day when you wanted to be away from the rail. And he was held up for about a furlong there from the 600 metre mark. And he uh, he looks a big improver. He's only missed a Quinella finish once in four starts when third up from a spell. And he's got the moody polish and Jamie Carr in the saddle. I want to talk to you about Redina as well. Uh, the Bill Ritchie. What about this as a lead up race? It never produced a winner in the Epsom until... Uh, Boban in 2013 and since then the last four winners of the Epsom have all come through the Bill Ritchie and three of them have done the double and that's what Redina's looking to do this afternoon. He won the Bill Ritchie, he drops three kilos and that's exactly what Top Rank did last year when he deadheated with Ellsberg in the Epsom Handicap. He won the Bill Ritchie and dropped three kilos. He's got the early speed to put himself up there Mick. You gave us a speed map saying there wasn't a lot of natural toe in the race and I think from Barry too he can be right there on speed, 
He's only won five from 13 overall, and four of those five victories have come at his last five starts. He's hit the purple patch of form, and he's got form back in the autumn around Kovalika, and he meets him four kilos better for about a half length of feet in the autumn. Big push, big push, and I mm. think it's, all, it's definitely the map horse, right? You've got Cathy yeah. going forward from barrier two. She rides him well out in front. Uh, he'll be there for a very, very long time. Does he have the class to get the job done? coming out of, you know, all handicap races versus a couple of these coming out of wait for age races, I'd suggest might just be a length short. But uh, I, I can definitely understand the market support and can definitely understand why you'd have him in your numbers. Here's a stat for you. Group 1 mile races at Randwick, the two best performing trainers with feet, with horses in the Epsom this afternoon. Chris Waller, five from his last 31, striking at 16% and an ROI of plus 32%. For Randwick Group 1 mile race is pretty good stat for Waller. And Annabelle Neesham, not far behind. She's won two from her last eight over a Randwick mile, striking at 25% at Group 1 level. So a couple of stats for you there. Anything else on the Epsom before we uh, head off to a little break? No, I'm just going to have the inevitable on top. I think uh, Democracy Manifest won't be too far away. I think uh, Red Near won't be too far away as well, mate. I think they're the top three for me, but I'm definitely happy to be with the inevitable. I'm with Redina on top and uh, the inevitable and pounding the round out my box trifecta. And sorry, Kovalika for my box trifecta. One horse we didn't talk about, Hope in Your Heart for Kerry Parker. Mm. She's a top-class mare. Um, she came out of the tramway stakes first up where she was very good to the line behind Pericles and Skyman. She's had the gap between runs. That's by design, Kerry tells us. Uh, she's had the trial between runs. She's very good. Is she a chance? Blinker's first time. Mm, BFT. Yeah, so definitely a chance. Um, mm. And look, I had her there or thereabouts. It just, you can't pick them all. Yeah, Blinker's first time, little stat for you, last five years, Blinker's first time, Australia-wide, plus 3.2% profit on turnover if you just back that gear change. All right, we're going to take a break here on the Sydney set. It's Sydney Everest Day 3 Carnival, Elegance, Thrills, and world-class racing await. Yes, welcome back to the Sydney set. It's time to dissect all the action at Randwick this afternoon. Uh, track walker information here, courtesy of thebeatenfavourite.com. Lanes 1 and 2, a small penalty with lane 3 better. We are expecting the sweet spot to be lanes 4 to 10. So uh, off pace should be okay at Randwick this afternoon, particularly in those sprint races over 1,200 metres or less where you have a shoot start and really no advantage for finding the rail. So, Mick, as I bring you in, uh, does that sound good for the horses that you've tipped this afternoon? Yeah, spot on. That's a pretty traditional Randwick rail true setup. So we've been planning for that all week and I uh, think we're on the money. Okay, let's rip right into this. Randwick race one is a midway benchmark 72 over the 1,800 metres. Your favourite is State of America. Oh, I don't know if it's very good at the moment. 3.50 into 3.30, loving Silla uh, for uh, Greg Hickman, solid around the 6.50 mark. Good support here for Whiskey Wisdom, 15 into 650. Phillipsburg on the drift, 750 out to $9. Celestial Fury, uh, solid at $11. And I did notice one M. Gannon in the ownership. So I'm going to let you take it away and tell us whether or not your horse is going to win. Yeah, well, he's had a bit of a freshen back to the 1800 metres. He looked a bit dour last start, so we've managed to get a bit of spring back in his step. Draws very well. Tommy Berry, hopefully Tommy will get his first uh, winner aboard uh, aboard our horse, myself and Dean Watling. So, look, I have him on top. I, he, he's the form line around him is really, really good. You're getting $11. He'll roll forward, hopefully find the top, and uh, if he does that, he'd be very, very hard to beat, Nico. So, we've got Celestial Fury on top, State of America, uh, Zach Lloyd, Barrier 3. Gee, like, tick more boxes. That's yeah. fantastic. 
and then uh, loving Silla there or thereabouts behind them. But look, it's a very, um, very even sort of midway race. Nathan Doyle's record in the midways have been phenomenal. He just continues to turn up with horses and win them. So he, he does have the formula. He's a trainer on the up on the up, up and up, and he's uh, got one here with Tommy Berry aboard. Looks like a nice little setup to me. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Uh, well, mate, best of luck. I've done the right thing by you, and I haven't tipped your horse because <laughs> you know what happens when yeah, you do. Cast. Uh, look, the two I thought you could have an early play on was uh, the four Phillipsburg and the ten Loving Silla. I like that satness race that they both come out of. It rated really well in the stuff that I use. Phillipsburg just had no luck or preparation, and I think Loving Silla is really to peak fourth up. You know what I like? What? Celestial Fury has only beaten, oh, I think, a length behind Satness a couple of runs ago. Oh, yeah. there you go. You've yeah. got the Satness form. That's <laughs> the right one. Form. Mate, best of luck. <laughs> and, and Tommy Berry as well. Best of luck to you, Come Tommy. Tommy. He came on the show last week. He's a great fellow and good to see him back riding. And he'll be riding winners very soon. I reckon he's a sneaky chance to win the premiership. There you go. Heard it here first. $51 is. Um, okay, let's go on to race two. This is the Jim Crack Stakes, the first of the two-year-old races for the new season at Metro level. Lady of Camelot for Gay and Adrian is your favourite. J-Mac takes a ride. 240 out to 280. Lady Tassort is your second favourite. Again, for the same stable, Reggie Bayless is in the saddle, 450. And Invincible Madison for the Snowden uh, combination, 460 out to $5. Where are you looking? Yeah, you've got to take, you know, obviously big note of the fact that James McDonald jumps on a yeah, Waterhouse bot horse here. So uh, complete respect uh, for that galloper. But I'm with Invincible Madison. I think that uh, she'll sit just off him and she'll be doing her best work late. That 1,000 metres, you just, you know, I don't think you want to be leading uh, today, but I think if you could just sit just off them, find that best part of the track and fly late. But look, very difficult, these two-year-old races. You wouldn't be throwing uh, your entire bank at them if you're going to have a play Invincible Madison on top for me. What are your thoughts, Nico? Well, here's a stat for you. Uh, last 365 days at Ramby, just two-year-old races alone. James McDonald, uh, five from 17. Yeah. And Chad Schofield's uh, three winners. He's the next best. So five from 17, striking at 29%. He's the go-to man for two-year-old races at Randwick. He rides Lady at Camelot. She ran fast time uh, in the official trials recently. I've got her on top to beat Invincible Madison, who was also pretty good at those trials. Let's move on to uh, race three now. This is the breeder's plate for the Colts. The same uh, equation, essentially, as the Phillies in the previous event. Scampy's your odds-on or was odds-on favourite. 180 out to 205. That 180 did look a touch short, to be fair. Uh, to be ridden by Jason Collett for the Mar Eustace com- combination. Volatile. James McDonald takes a ride aboard this galloper for Team Snowden for 60 and 550 for straight charge. Waterhouse and Bott and Reggie Bayless teaming up there. Yeah, there's a spruik around for this scampy. They reckon it's one of the better mm. horses they've had come out of there. I'm willing to be against at the price. So it's, once again, it's not these aren't races I'm you know really keen to play in. There's plenty of better bets across the day. I thought straight charge from Barry uh, or 11 probably comes in a few now. Is probably the bet around that $5.50 mark. Ran, mm. ran time in the trial. Goes forward. You know what you're going to get. Going to give a huge sight. And obviously, you've got J-Mac aboard Volatile. And fair to say, he would have had his fair uh, fair choice of, of horses here. So I'm happy to be with um, be with Volatile and Straight Charge to um, get the job done here over Scampi. But look, there's no knock on Scampi about mm. the price. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the, the mail around town, the coat tuckers everywhere are telling me that this thing is a is a jet. She costs three or he costs three quarters of a million dollars. He's from the same family as Black Caviar. Um, they say if you can get black figures, take it. But uh, I tell well, you, you what, got you've got them now, so maybe we should be taking it. I, I thought Volatile, who ran faster over all time than Scampy at the trials and has J-Mac in the saddle, we spoke about his record in two-yard races, might be a little bit of value there at around the $5 mark. All right, let's move on to race uh, four. This is the benchmark 88 over the mile. 
And uh, your favourite here is Ultivo uh, for Team Hawks, three twenty into two dollars ninety. Unspoken, who was a good first up winner with Sharp Late Splits, is your second favourite. Tom Sherry for Peter and Paul Snowden, three sixty out to three eighty. Four Valor for Team Waterhouse and Bot and Adrian, uh, sorry Adam Hieronymus in the saddle, nine into seven fifty. And Renaissance Woman who resumes here for Bjorn Baker. Bit of specking for her, ten dollars into eight dollars, Mick. Yeah, I don't understand the specking, but I'm happy to be proven wrong here. I think Renaissance Women's a horse you want to follow later in the preparation. For Velo, we'll roll forward here. And then outside of that, you've got Mystery Shot, Kiss the Bride, Highlights that can all roll forward. But I think this is race set up perfectly for Altivo over the mile. Barrier 15 is of no concern because there's plenty of plenty of time until you get to that first corner. There will be a three-wide line. There's no doubt about that in, mm. in a big field here. And uh, all Zach Lloyd will need to do is just sit in that uh, three-wide line, find a bit of cover this horse is far better than benchmark 88 grade i had it marked two dollars fifty you're getting better than that altivo is a bet nico yep well, i've marked him 250 or 275 i think i marked him so uh there was sort of 350 on offer there yesterday afternoon and i had uh, a reasonable crack at that let's just say um here's one for you zach lloyd uh, mile races at ranwick uh 10 from his last 60 striking at 17 percent with an roi of plus 26 percent He's won more Randwick mile races uh, over the last 365 days than any jockey in this race. Phenomenal. He's got a better record than J-Mac. That's how good he's going. He's an absolute star in the making. He's still an apprentice. He doesn't claim, but he's a jet. You just see the A next to his name and you think, hang on a minute. Yeah. How's that there? <laughs> how's, he, how's he going? You know, Belongs he, next to you and I, the yeah. A, I think, doesn't it, really? Let's be fair. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, we've got one more race to uh, tick off before we go to another break. Uh, this is the Dulcify Stakes, often a main lead-up to uh, the spring champion in a couple of weeks' time, or in a week's time, I think it is, the spring champion, isn't it? Next week. Uh, yeah. It was a couple of weeks' time. Two. Two weeks. Jeez, my, my, might have, might have my, should pro- done the, my programming's not up to scratch. Should have done the preparation before we go on air. <laughs> yes. uh, Tommy Kitten. Uh, he, big Tommy Kitten, 250 into 215 for uh, Nash and James Cummings. Cafe Millennium, speaking of big boys, Ooh, yeah. 650 out to $7. Did touch $8 at one point. Bushy, unbeaten in three runs for Michael Friedman. A bit of a drifter, five out to $7. And Raff Attack for Waterhouse and Bott and Reggie Bayless in the saddle, solid at $10. Just looking down the page here, a little bit of specking for Ajita, who does look a spring champion stakes horse for David Payne. It's won its last two starts, but just resuming off a short break here. Really, really good race, isn't it? Like, mm. Really competitive. I think there's multiple chances in it, but I think Tom Kitten's too short. What are your thoughts on on that statement? It, my lay of the day is Tom Kitten at the two dollar twenty mark. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, I I've got him him in Cafe Millennium. I think the market's right in terms of uh, order. Market order. Yeah. Yeah, but I think he's a bit short. I marked him two dollars. What I marked him two seventy five. There has been a couple of scratching since I did that, so I reckon he's probably two fifty on my. Rating, so I reckon sit and wait. You'll get a better price than two fifteen. Yeah, there's plenty of speed in this race. I, I was keen to be with Town Hauser at the price. You, you're getting around yep. uh, nine dollars fifty. I think that's reasonable because he's, he's just come out. You're joking? No. Nah, well, literally just come out. That's no good. But anyway, that's the joys of doing the show at seven thirty. But yep. Town Hauser out. Well, then I think that leaves it open for to- uh, for Cafe Millennium. Blinkers on. Blake Shin. Randwick sixteen hundred meters. That's what we were looking for. All preparation. We're here 100%. third up. Blinkers on. <laughs> How good's Blake Shin going? Oh, Just he's quietly, enormous. low flying. So, look, still happy to be against Tom Kitten. Very happy to be with uh, Cafe Millennium. He was my second pick. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah, I'm the other way around. Cafe Millennium on oh, – sorry, Cafe Millennium on top. Tom Kitten in for second. I thought with Tommy Kitten, I will say this, he was a brilliant winner of the up-and-coming first up, and then he was caught wide, no cover behind end cap in the Ming Dynasty. 
I don't think he gets wide no cover here. He should get cover in the run, regardless of where he is, whether he's two or three off. And, uh, he, he, you know, he is the horse to beat. But at the price, I'll go with uh, Cafe Millennium. We're going to take a break here on the Sydney set. When we come back, we start with the first of the three group ones this afternoon, the flight stakes for the three-year-old fillies. Yes, welcome back to the Sydney set. It's day three of Sydney's Everest Carnival. Elegance, thrills and world-class racing await. Big thanks to our sponsors, Racing New South Wales and also Sportsbet for providing us with the markets uh, this morning. But please, if you are having a wager, imagine what you could be buying instead. We like responsible gambling only, please. Let's take a look at a market now for race six. It's the first of the group ones. The flight stakes and your favourite is the flying filly, Tis Invincible. She's unbeaten for the Mar Eustace camp this preparation. Zach Lloyd in the saddle. And if you look at three-year-old races at Randwick over the last 365 days, Zach has won four and he, he's tied with James McDonald on four. He's four from 13, Zach. J-Mac, four from 16. So he's got a better strike rate in three-year-old races than the king himself, James McDonald. And his ROI is 121%. Versus McDonald's minus eleven percent. Tis Invincible is your favourite at two forty. Molly Nickers, the Victorian, the Mexican, nine dollars into five dollars with Sportsbet. Kamochi's been a drifter five out to six fifty. Tropical Squall, who's on an Oaks campaign, six fifty out to eight fifty. Good support for Tuta La Vita, and I can see why as well. Thirteen into nine dollars. Mick, what are you doing? And how's the map looking? Yeah, it's just, this is a really, really good map because you've obviously got Tropical Squall going forward. Kamochi won't be too far away. They have to roll forward this time and be uh, outside leader, I'd imagine. And Tis Invincible from the wide barrier. Well, where would you rather be, drawn one or drawn 12? I would be rather be drawn 12 aboard mm. her. I think she can just sit there, be in the running line. Could be could land 1-1. One, one. And as you suggested, Zach, Zach's just – he's riding in such a rich vein of form. I have no doubts he's going to – slot this horse into a really good position. The question is how much juice does he have to use to get there? And will she enjoy what was more than likely going to be a fast run, 1,600 metres? Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Her, all three runs that she's had this campaign over 11, 12, and then 1,400 metre last up, we've never got a guide as to her ability to handle them all. They've been slow races, dynamic late splits. Don't get me wrong. She's done everything she could from the 600 metre mark. Yep. But today, if you want to get her beaten and you're riding Tropical Squall like Hippo is, yep. You're going along at good fractions. You're not busting Tropical Squall, who's on an Oaks campaign, but you're not loafing either. You're making sure that Tis Invincible, she's going to get a very different run this time. Last start, she was just behind the leader in a very slowly run 1,400 metre race. Now she's going to have to work across sit-outside runners in what we think will be a faster run mile race. Yes, so the way I see this folding, um, sorry, folding, geez, I'm going well, unfolding, would be that uh, Tis Invincible might get on the back of Komochi. Okay. Summer Lovin', um, Summer Lovin will be behind them. Summer so, Lovin'. Have me. Have me <laughs> so Molly Nickers gets the run of the race on the inside, but does... How did they get that name? I have absolutely no... Sorry, none. you better keep going. No, I keep I interrupting but you. Wasn't, but wasn't she wasn't she good behind Charmstone? So the only problem I've got with Molly Nickers is that, yeah, she's going to be in back behind them. Oh, gee, I just, can't, I just can't be backing anything on the inside today. So... I think Tis Invincible gets that beautiful run in the 1-1, one, one, gets off the back of Kimochi and sprints well. Does she have a good enough sprint off a more um, genuine tempo behind Tropical Squall? That's the question. So I'm going to back them both. I'm going to back Tropical Squall and I'm going to back Tis Invincible. I think they're the two. And no, matter the, no matter which way the race pans out, I think they're the two that are going to win the race. Because if they go real, really quick, I don't think anything runs down Tropical Squall. Mm, fair call. And I think if Tiz, if they go a little bit too slow, I think Tiz Invincible can still have the turn of foot. 1,600 metres is probably a limit. Yep. 
but I think they should get the job done if they don't go slow. The other two for me, what are your thoughts? Well, yeah, one thing I've learned about three-year-old fillies is they usually just keep winning. The dominant one does. Even when you get out to a, an Oaks in the spring down in Victoria, sometimes a miler wins that race, and yeah. they, they, they can't even get 2,000 metres when they're an older horse. But I'm going with Tuta Lavita. Uh, she's always looked a miler in my eyes. She got back in a slowly run T-Rose. That was last time out. She clocked the best last 600 and 400 of the entire race. Only Tiz Invincible went faster over the last 200 metres. And the reason why she did is she did nothing until she got the split at the top of the straight. And she just had to dart through. Joe Maria in the saddle. Chris Waller. Blinkers. First time. Grand final. I like it. $11 best price currently in the marketplace. And uh, Tis Invincible, you've got to have her in the mix, don't you? She's, uh, she's airborne this mare. Um, let's have a look at race seven now. This is an interesting race. This is the premiere, often seen as a real good guide to the Everest in a couple of weeks' time. Think about it, who's uh, now your favourite for the Everest with all the uh, horses coming out, the, uh, the attrition rate, as they call it. He's $1.95 out to two fifteen since final scratchings, or was they coming through? Bella Nepotina, $4.60 out to $6.00. Zapateo six fifty into six dollars, alcohol free. Good push from this imported mare, Joe Maria for Waterhouse and Bot, fifteen into eight fifty. Hawaii five zero, Bookham Dano, uh, Natural Willa for Gay and Adrian, nine dollars and pretty solid. And uh, just having a look here, some specking for Marzu, Tommy Berry in the saddle, sixteen into twelve dollars. And here's a stat for you, or here's a question for you that I was supposed to ask when we're going to the last ad break, but I forgot. <laughs> uh, last 365 days at Randwick, wait for age races at Randwick. Who are the only two trainers to tr- that are got a runner in this field, the Premier Stakes, that have won a wait for age race at Randwick over the last 12 months? There's only two trainers. Uh, Jimmy Cummings? Yep. How many has he won? Oh, please. Four from 14, 29%. At wait for age at Randwick last 12 months. Ma Ustas. No. Nah. John O'Shea. Johnny O'Shea. Old one Rick. from nine. Oh, Rick O'Shea. Uh, one from nine at 11%. So only two trainers. That's, uh, I was surprised when I read that stat. It, it is very surprising given the uh, caliber of a trainer here. But I'll tell you, this is a great race. This is such a good race. And I'm really keen on two of the uh, Waterhouse bot runners. Hawaii 5-0. 1,100 meters wasn't its go. And we had Gay on. She was, she was very, very bullish. Oh, yeah. Very bullish, unsurprisingly. I think Hawaii 5 we're going to see the best version of this horse, 1,200 metres, second up today. The stable continue to improve them. They are low-flying. They've had this horse for, I think, one preparation now. This is this is preparation number two. Um, they got him halfway through last prep. There you go. Yeah. I expect him to jump out of the ground today and put his hand up for the Everest. The other horse I'm very, very keen to see is Alcohol Free. She Terrible has, name. <laughs> she has... Drink wise, she has some very, very big figures in in the UK. Her one run over the sixteen hundred meters, complete forgive job. But you had J Mac aboard, so the spruik was there. You, you mm. know she's a good horse. Her trials this time in, she's been much, much better this time in. Love to see uh, her parade very well. We'll get a bit of a push there, but you've got Joe Maria aboard. He wouldn't be hopping on because she's going awful. Mm. I'd suggest she's low flying. They're the two I want to be with. And there's no knock on think about it. Mm. He's probably the best horse here. He, he could well, if Imperatrice doesn't turn up, he could well just blow them away in the Everest. But I'm just not sure. Well, I was going to tell you, I'm not sure. I'm positive today is not the day he's screwed down. No. So we're not going to see the best version of him today, whereas we might see the best version of those two horses because we kind of need to see it. I think in these lead-up races to the Everest, you go looking for the horses that don't have a slot mm-hmm. because they have to win and put their hand up. The ones that have already got a slot, yeah. Uh, yes, they can. they're there to win. But they don't have to win to get that slot into the Everest. So 
Um, look, I take your point with alcohol-free. Uh, dry track's the key for her this afternoon, big oh, yeah. time. And she's got genuine Group 1 weight for age sprinting form over in Europe. She's a proper animal when right. Market will be your best guide. You hit the nail on the head. The two I like, I'm with you with Hawaii 5-0. He's a massive horse who probably just needed that run first up. It was a fast run race, and he was okay, I thought, in the shorts. I like him up to 1,200 metres, and now strips fitter, tick, tick. The other one that I think's a little bit forgotten is Bella Nipotina. Mm. She ran in that 1,000-metre um, race first up. It raided through the roof, that Remark race. Now, Remark hasn't gone on with it, but that's because I think he's a fresh 1,000-metre horse, and he hasn't been given the chance to freshen up and stay at the 1,000 metres. Bella Nipotina's four weeks between runs. I reckon she's lurking around looking for an Everest slot. If she doesn't get it, she'll go back down to Manicato Stakes and run down there because she loves the valley. But, uh, gee, boy, oh, boy, she's a top-class horse when right. Ma Eustace uh, put the polish on her and, and Craig Williams in the saddle, and she maps to get a lovely run in transit. She's been well-known as a wet tracker. Do you think she's just as good on a dry? Uh, I think that first up run showed that she's she's foreign in it. Um, yep. I agree with you. Her best work has always been, but that first up run – I'm just looking at the ratings she produced there, Mick, and I don't know about the stuff on your database, but... It's very good. It's very good performance. I don't know if she can hold that, but we saw Imperatriz last night hold her first up flying run uh, last night, and she was good winning the Moya. Yeah, my, con- my only concern with her, the only negative, and I've, I've bonused her down, is your first up record's impressive, second at record, not so impressive. That, that's one knock I had on her, but yeah, she, she's, she's a quality mare. She's thereabouts. I'd love to see them go back to the Manicard. I think there's a bit of rain about in Melbourne over the next few weeks as well. Mm, I'll say one thing to the first and second up record. She's four weeks between runs, and I, I reckon they've probably kept her nice and fresh. And they've worked it, it out. They've worked I, – I, yep. maybe, maybe. Yep. I could be wrong. Hey, uh, let's move on now uh, to the Metropolitan. We've obviously talked about the Epsom Handicap. The Metropolitan is the last of the group ones on the card. It's over 2,400 metres. It's got a fantastic honour roll this race as well. Some, uh, you, you know, horses have done the, the, the Metrop Caulfield Cup double railings in 2005, Torquayton in 2006, and – Boy, oh boy. Well, it won't be the favourite if he wins today because he's out of Caulfield Cup contentions. He's still in the Melbourne Cup. That's just fine for Gay and Adrian. $1.50 was on Wednesday afternoon. That was stupid odds. He's out to $1.80. Mr. Waterville's been the best back runner in the race. $13 into $7. The imported galloper third up for Chris Waller. Uh, Benno, named after the great man Richie, 14 into $9. Surely he's got to have a two in his name, in his numbers somewhere there. <laughs> Uh, Major Beal, the AJC Derby winner from the autumn, 15 out to $17. Alabir, who uh, I thought was pretty good last week, backs up, 21 into 19. He's not hopeless. A couple of coat tuggers telling me Cleveland's going to jump out of the ground here at $23. Need to. And uh, looking down the page, the one that I didn't mind, Ho-Ho Khan, $126 into 46 if you don't mind. Oh, <laughs> turn it up. This, this race just is, is set up perfectly for just fine now. You, you've got mm. uh, Knight's Order comes out. Granted, was a stable mate, but yep. it comes out of the race. Rachel King, 50 kilos, drops five. Wow. Off off a last start where he was just got it handed to him, absolutely handed to him. So he was really strong after being taken on. Those two horses that took him on, nowhere to be seen. I don't think they even left on the screen if you're watching the replay. Now gets 50 kilos, rolls forward. Genuine queries, absolutely, when you look back and go 2,400 metres, the 2,400 metres form is no good, but now being under the care of uh, Gay and Adrian and what we saw last start, shaking off those runners over 2,000 metres, uh, screams 2,400 to my eye. What about yours? Who's the only two jockeys to have won a group one 2,400 metre race or further at Randwick over the last two months? 
the two, uh, sorry, over the last year. Which two jockeys? Group one, 2,400 metres or further at Randwick. Timmy Clark. Correct. That's one. Oh, at least I'm 50% already today. And the other bloke's only ridden one group one winner, I think. Dylan Gibbons. Correct. Can we Look get a bit of a go. ching or something? We got yeah, a bit of a. Got it. Can we get a little <laughs> Come on, applause? <laughs> Come on, Nate. Lift. He just he just nailed that. Oh. It's the only quiz he'll ever get right. Yeah. All right. Let's talk horses. Just fine. There it is. Beauty. Yeah. Put him down for one. Uh, just fine. Yet to be beaten since arriving down under. Ran very fast time in the two thousand meter race, the Kingston Town Stakes. Um, twenty twenty four hundred meters. Got to be a query for him, doesn't it, Mick? Well, I think it does. But as I said, what we saw last start just shrugged them off and. Mm. That screamed 2,400 metres to my eye. I've been wrong plenty of times before. I just don't think this will be the time I'm wrong. Okay. Uh, here's one for you. Ho-Ho Khan. This is the one I've backed at Big Odds. Came into this preparation off 515 days. Uh, first run back, first two runs back were just pipe openers. Last start when he was third up at the Valley was coming into the race and then got balked for a run. You've only got to go back four runs in his form line to find a fourth beaten three lengths by Dewis in a Group 1 Australian Cup. He thrives on fast tempo. He'll get that here today. I don't know if he's ever going to get back to his uh, lofty heights, but if he can get near it, he'll give him a big shake. Even 46 bucks is worthy of a bet. Am I mad? Yeah, normally I'd tell you, tell you you've lost the plot, but then going back through its form, it has mm. some pretty impressive figures. Yeah, it's Ton there. tie on. Synthetic, I love this one. Synthetic hoof filler off first time. There you go. So that, there goes that. On a, uh, on a dry deck, mate. You know what? You're not as mad as everyone says you are. There you go. Uh, here's one for you. The uh, the Kingston Town Stakes winners going into the Metropolitan. 14 starts for three winners. The most recent, Herculean Prince in 2010, which was also trained by Gay Waterhouse. We'll take a quick break here on the Sydney set. When we come back, we'll wrap up all the action. Welcome back to the Sydney set. Uh, it's day three of the Sydney Everest Carnival. Elegance, thrills and world-class racing await. Big thanks to Racing New South Wales and Sportsbet. Imagine what you could be buying instead, please, if you are wagering this afternoon. Uh, the lucky last, race 10 at Randwick, uh, your favourite here. It's a benchmark 94 over 1,200 metres. Cabot is your favourite for Waterhouse and Bot at 260 out from 190. Airman's been the best back runner, four, uh, $6 into 450. And the only other runner under double figure odds is the Ma Eustace train recommendation, eight into six. Yeah, I was willing to be against Cabot. Obviously, uh, second up 1,200 metres, there was a bit of a risk there. A few scratchings takes a bit, of, a tiny bit of speed out of the race, but I think Airman is the one that we want to be with. Nico. I think you're going to get a horse that goes 1,100 metre Rose Hill to 1,200 metres Randwick is absolutely perfect, and mm. hopefully Airman is flying down the outside. Yeah, and he just got back a bit there in that red card race, which was dominated by her on speed. So he does look a big improver, doesn't he? So just recapping your best bet for the day, which is? Airman, uh, race 10, number 18, Airman. And I'm race four, number 13, Altivo. Uh, just a quick update for the Everest. Uh, your favourite here is uh, think about it at $4. I wish I win $4.50. And Imperadris is doubtful at $4.50. Private Eye at $6. And Bonus not just $8. It must be listening because it was $5 before, now into $4.50. They're taking a bit of our advice. And uh, yes. speaking of advice, I know you've got a bit of an NRL model uh, grand final on Sunday afternoon. What do you like? Yeah, we've got Penrith marked $1.78, 56.2% 2 chance of winning. And Brisbane, $2.28, 43.8% chance of winning. So there's a 5% edge with Brisbane at $2.58. The AFL Grand Final, uh, Joe Danaher is uh, $2.90 to keep three or plus goals. He's scored three plus goals in five of his last six games against the Pies. So if you want to bet this afternoon, that might be one. Love it. You love it? Love it. Let's go, team. Let's get some winners. Best of luck if you're wagering this afternoon at Ramwick. Please do so responsibly. That's it for the Sydney set. We'll catch you next week.